I never put much thought into tires in the past. The thought was always to drive what comes on my vehicle. And if I had to replace them, I made my decision based on price. Our friends at Cooper Tires know what they're talking about. Cooper has been an American company since 1914, with more than a century in the tire industry. Each Cooper tire undergoes rigorous testing and are backed by warranty, so you can trust that they'll last for thousands of miles. The Coopers pride themselves on good merchandise, fair play, and a square deal. Always have and always will. Don't overpay or underbuy. Cooper tires do what tires should do and cost what tires should cost. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by Treadwear Mileage Warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca. And remember, go with the Coopers. Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. Joined by DJ Pihowski today. DJ, what is up, buddy? Uh, not much is up, Cody. Thrilled to be back. Don't think I've done one of these in a little while. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. I've, I've played, uh, very little golf comparatively to my, my previous years in this job, but I'm happy to talk about a couple of the courses that I have played. What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about, uh, the links at Lawsonia, uh, specifically the links course. They do have two golf courses there, but uh, the more famous one is the Lynx course um, up in Green Lake, Wisconsin, about two hours or so northwest of Milwaukee, about two hours and 45 minutes or so from Chicago. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit of placement, uh, fairly fairly in the middle of nowhere, but a place that is, I, I will be the 800th person to say this, absolutely worth the drive. It is such a awesome, awesome golf course. So what's the story on it? I mean, first of all, before we get to the actual golf, how did you get turned on to this? Uh, I got turned on to it very luckily by the guy that I ended up playing with, which is Andy Johnson, uh, the fried egg. He has done probably more to to publicize this golf course than than anybody. And a lot of that, the reason behind that is because of a couple different things. One, it's this uh, really great illustration of what makes golden age architecture, golden age architecture. Um, we can get into a lot of that stuff, but, but two, like many of the golden age courses, I think it kind of fell not necessarily into disrepair or anything like that, but you saw a lot of stuff. This is kind of, you know, secondhand according to Andy and some of the reporting and stuff he's done, but I think you saw a lot of what makes this golf course kind of slowly slip away over the last, you know, 40, 50, 60 years. And, and that's things like seeing, you know, trees getting out of control, seeing greens shrinking up, uh, all kinds of things like that. And it sounds like really over the last like 10, 11, 12 years, um, they've done a really good job of focusing on, on bringing some of that back. And some of that was specifically, I think Craig Haltom and Oliphant golf, uh, which took over the property in 2010, uh, and has just been working to take out a ton of trees, uh, expand a lot of those greens and really show off uh, what makes this place special, which is really, I would say, kind of the the scale and the land movement and the green complexes, which I know are are three uh, fairly well worn cliches when you're talking about golf courses. I mean, I think those are are pretty easy phrases to to kind of use as like throwaway crutches, but in the case of Lasonia, they 
ring really, really, really true. And and the the first one is probably the scale. And I think what you see at Lawsonia is really what happens when you have a great piece of land and you commit to kind of the tree removal, tree management type stuff because you get out there and I mean Andy does a good job of of explaining this on his website, uh, the fried egg. And, you know, I'm not going to make any comparisons to like somewhere like Shinnecock or something like that. But when you you get out there and you see the scale of this property and you see how bold everything is and how dramatic it is and how vast it is, like, honestly, that that's kind of what comes to mind. And what's crazy about it is the fact that it's never going to cost you more than $100 to go walk it. Uh, you can probably walk it for as little as $40 sometimes on like a, a twilight rate. And it's just a, it's a really unique, like pretty, pretty one of a kind place. I have not seen many like it. So where does the Shinnecock comp come from? Obviously incredible vistas. You have a, a pretty wide open plot of land and I'm sure that the fescue and blowing in the wind is, is part of what's bringing back those memories of it, but I'm sure it doesn't end there either. No, I think it's it's weird. It's just this feeling that you get when you play golf courses that were designed in a certain age and focused on a, a certain thing. And it, I think what's cool about that is, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're in Wisconsin or if you're in, you know, Long Island. Like there, you tend to see the this when you're standing on the tee box looking out at the golf hole and and kind of trying to navigate your way around. You end up seeing a lot of the same notes and a lot of the same challenges and. At Lasonia, like that, that's kind of the feel that you get. I mean, it's it's massive. I know I've mentioned that a couple of times, but like the we played it all the way back, so maybe that's why a lot of this is uh, sticking in my mind. And Andy hits the ball a lot further than I do, so uh, I'm sure it was a much easier day for him than it was for me. But you you get out there, and the place is just it's just sprawling, and it it's a really big piece of property, but it doesn't feel like a a ass kicking walk or anything like that. It's just a, a really, just a really great place to spend an afternoon. And, uh, the lake green lake is, is kind of right over the hill. You get a couple little, little tiny peaks at it. Uh, I know they can only take down so many trees, especially they can't really take down trees that are not part of their property, but, uh, it would be cool to, uh, to get a couple more looks at the lake cause it is right nearby, but it's, uh, it's wild, man. It's just this kind of shocking piece of land. And, and really you see a lot of this, like as you're, as you're driving through in that part of Wisconsin, I mean, it is, it is big rolling Hills and the landscape is a lot more, uh, dramatic. I won't say severe, but like a lot more dramatic than people probably realize when they think about Wisconsin. I think they, they probably think of a lot of really flat farmland and it, it certainly has that as well. But uh, you saw it a little bit at the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills, which is, you know, not super far away, and the land is pretty comparable. Like it, it's it's these there's these little kind of ravines, and it's nothing dramatic like you're going to see, you know, out west or anything like that. But Langford Moreau do such a good job of of using the movement that they have to really create these super, super special golf holes. Um, and then beyond that, what they do such a good job at and what they're probably the best of their, their era at was, uh, using steam shovel and just making these like outrageous, uh, man-made green sites and drop-offs and runoffs and ravines and all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's one of those places when really, when you walk around, you're like, wow, that looks really cool. 
And then when you really stop and think like, holy shit, they made this in the late 1920s, 1930, uh, with a steam shovel and probably some horse and plow type stuff. Like it, it just, you, you gain a whole new appreciation for for how cool it is it's incredible when we talk about golden age architecture and people think about oh we need to bring more of this back and why don't they design the courses the same way that they used to and they completely usually forget or gloss over the fact that like these dudes were doing it by hand yeah you imagine the amount of grit determination backbreaking hard work goes into like creating some of these green complexes and teas and bunkering across the majority of the United States by hand. They didn't have power tools until the steam shovel came in. And I think what you see at Lawsonia is an absolute masterclass in using new cutting edge technology at the time into golf course architecture. Uh, yeah. And that's what I was going to say is it seems like a lot of uh, not only just kind of like sheer determination and willpower, but also like creativity and a lot of uh, figuring out how to get it done. And I, I think the most famous example of that at Lawsonia is the seventh hole where, you know, it's this downhill par three kind of down into a ravine, but the the green comes back up and, and almost is like, a, you know, it's not a volcano hole, but it, it kind of falls off all on one side. And the way that they achieved that was literally burying a, a boxcar underneath the green. And so if you think about all the dirt that they would have saved by, you know, with the the volume of uh, of the boxcar, not having to fill that in, it's, it's I don't know, it's just these like really creative uh, solutions to, to these little problems all over the golf course. And I, that makes it, you know, that makes it really cool. If you're looking to go kind of that next level down, uh, that's the stuff that makes it makes it really, really interesting. And I think what's also cool is like, you know, Lawsonia seems like it's not a place that I am overly familiar with. I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, a couple hours away, like an hour, hour and a half west of Chicago. And it was never somewhere that was on my radar when I was a kid or anything like that. And, uh, I think what's interesting is like, they, they seem like they've really leaned into kind of telling the story and, and highlighting, the right stuff and being excited about the right stuff. And that's gotta be really gratifying when you have a place that's been around for that long, that's seen probably that many different owners and that many different regulars and that many different vacationers and all that kind of stuff. When you, when you really start, like it's gotta be kind of scary. I would think to commit to like, all right, let's take out a bunch of trees and hopefully people will understand what we're doing. Right. when you, when you're thinking about going to a vacation out on like this, this lake resort, you're not really thinking about bulldozing trees. That that doesn't that seems kind of at odds with people's relaxation and uh being out at among nature. But uh obviously I think you know we've talked a lot on this podcast and others about why that makes a golf course play much more interesting and and why it's uh so cool for places like this. And so where I'm going with all this is like the the validation of of making those moves and then seeing people get really excited about them and then kind of, it just becomes like a, people talk about vicious cycles, but this is almost like a, a positivity cycle, right? Of people like Andy discovering it and publicizing it and having, you know, his followers go out there for events and for bachelor parties and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's a really cool, uh, it's just turned into a really cool story. And so it was, you have all that in the back of your head before you get there and then you show up and then play the first hole and you're, you're hitting your approach shot into this first hole. It's a dog like right, pretty wide open off the tee. 
and you're, you know, you're, you're going to find your ball. That's a, a theme throughout the day. You're probably not going to lose any golf balls unless you hit one way off the planet or, or lose it in, a, in the fescue or something like that. But all of a sudden this first iron shot that you have in is, you know, what looks like a pretty tame green, but if you miss it at all left, you have a, a literal man-made cliff. I mean, it's like, I don't know how far it drops down. It's 50 feet, 60 feet, something like that, but it's all completely man-made and they've, they use the dirt to push up all kinds of different things. And I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And so I think it, it starts there and it just kind of continues through the round. Incredible. And I think, again, I know we, we mentioned it already, but if you want to follow along while listening to this and you're not driving in your car, please go to friday.com because there's pictures of it and it shows the incredible, not just green complexes, but really just the overall changes in undulation, how they perched them up, built them up. And, and still to this day, it's incredible that there's a box car buried out there, but like, <laughs> how did they even get it in place? <laughs> right. How many right. horses? No, I... how, how, what was the horsepower <laughs> needed to get that bad boy out there? I know it's it's outrageous. It is it's a real uh, a feat of of engineering. Truly, it's provocative to say the least. Provocative, provocative and stuff. When we talk about like you know Wisconsin golf is so amazing, and this I'm sure way back in the day when. They pulled the steam shovel out there and they're like, we are now using this for golf course architecture and, and building this site. How crazy people probably looked at them and they're like, what are these guys doing out there? It's the same thing that continues that we saw a couple weeks ago when we we're up at, at Sand Valley and out at the Lido site. And you had front end loaders and some dozers out there operating off of gps coordinates right it's the the tesla of the caterpillar industry i don't even know you know really what what was going on but like self-driving there's people in there i understand i don't want to get them in trouble but self-driving bulldovers that were shaping an entire golf course just based off of a 3d rendering it's it's absolutely incredible and it's awesome to see that the midwest is was at the cutting edge of design and building and still remains there this day. Yeah, but no doubt. Lasonia, let, let's dive in. So you, you mentioned the rates. Uh, I'd say they probably have a somewhat shorter season than other places that we've discussed so far, but I'm sure that doesn't hold them back at all. So what was kind of the feeling that you got walking around there, not only from other people playing, but from Andy as well as the, uh, the staff? I'm sure they're jacked up about it. Yeah, extremely. And I was out there uh, in May. It was kind of it, it was very nice day, uh, but still early in the season, and it was slammed. I mean, it was absolutely slammed. They were uh, just opening their their other course. Had some they did some work to the other course as well, which I didn't really get to see. But um, it, yeah, it was packed. I mean, it was absolutely packed. But it's it's one of those places too where I found it to be a a pretty difficult golf course again it's it's always interesting to to play those places where it's a really tough golf course but also i didn't lose a golf ball kind of kind of a place you know and uh but still like things move because you are constantly finding your ball and and it's not like you're you're constantly reteeing or or looking for balls all the time or anything like that a lot of the challenge is is around the greens which you know fits with a lot of the the golden age stuff but i think one thing that's kind of built into that is it's a good lesson in why uh green expansion is such an interesting thing because i think that you know especially playing it from a a longer yardage it was a really weird feeling to both 
have these massive, massive greens, uh, and keep missing them despite the fact that you, you know, <laughs> felt like you're actually, you felt like you're actually hitting it pretty decent. And, and a lot of that is like the greens have expanded to almost give you this false sense of security on a lot of the holes where it's like, Oh, you know, I can, I can shade a little closer to that pin because, uh, you know, look how much green I have to the left. But in reality, it's like this, this green is expanded in, uh, a way that has kind of just highlighted all these rolled edges that, that kind of feed the ball even further away from the hole and off the green. And I think that's such a more interesting test than, you know, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but we just saw, uh, the U S open at Torrey Pines last week, where if you miss the green by, you know, a foot in a lot of places, you're probably going to stay a foot away from the green in that ultra, ultra thick rough. Whereas at a place like uh, Lawsonia, it was a lot of like, if you miss the green, even in the right spot on the green, uh, you know, you might be on the green by 10 feet, but you're going to roll 20 yards, 30 yards off the green if you miss it in the wrong spot. And so playing it for the first time, I mean, I shot a billion because I, I just, had no uh, course knowledge, no real game plan whatsoever. I was kind of just like flying by the seat of my pants, trying to enjoy the shots and the views and and all kinds of stuff. But I think if you went back and played again, I mean, the the way to play it would be just as conservative as you you possibly could, and just trying to like hold on for dear life because there were, I mean, it was all day. It was balls rolling back to your feet, balls rolling like again. I to use the Tory Pines example. We saw uh, the 13th hole, the par five there. 13th hole at Lawsonia almost has kind of a similar, uh, almost a similar like approach, approach kind of vibe where if you are missing in the wrong spot, like legitimately it might be rolling 60 feet back to your feet. And it's just, it's, it's one of those like masochist. It's really fun. If you're, if you like getting beat up by those types of things, you know, it's, it's a really, really fun place to play. Cause you're kind of living on that edge all day. And that that just was something I really, really enjoyed. Scorecard wise, par 72 tips out at 68.53. I'm guessing you're going to tell me that it feels longer than that. A lot longer than that. Yeah. And, and it does play pretty firm. I think typically like the, you know, I think the ball will, will roll out. The fairways are really big. Um, the fairways are really canted in a lot of spots. So you are, if you're, you know, if you're catching it on a downslope or something like that, like it's, it's going to run out quite a bit which we can get to in a minute too, but, uh, you're just playing, you're playing so uphill. Like we talked about them kind of using their, their steam shovels and their routing to their advantage and really like making that kind of the way that the course is protected. And it just feels like you're hitting these, not, not all the time. I mean, there's a good variety the holes like number six and seven the holes like number two. I mean, you are hitting downhill into some of them, but I feel like some of the most demanding shots on the golf course are, you know, you just feel like you're hitting uphill constantly. Uh, the first long par three on the front, I don't know, is that number four or five? It's just, there's a lot of shots where you're standing over. You're like, man, this is, this is everything I got right here. And it, and it might only be a, you know, 200 yard shot, but it's playing 230 to 240, something like that. And, uh, you've got, God, I can't imagine how, you know, you mentioned the short season. One thing I was kind of laughing about with Andy out there was like, man, what a, what a miserable, uh, it's all, all relative miserable. If you're worried about your score, that is a, a miserable place to play golf. And some of those like windy March, oh yeah, March days where you're just like, all right, well, you know, 
I think it's warm enough. Let's let's go. Season starts now. <laughs> type of day is like God. You would get your ass kicked out there uh, if the wind was up because there's there's nowhere to hide. Right. Trees are the trees are gone. It is it is super windswept. And like I said, you're gonna find your ball. You're just probably not gonna like where you find it. So what's the most penalizing part of Lasonia? Uh, I think for me, it was just missing in the wrong spots with your irons. Like if you're not paying attention to where you're missing, like you're, you're going to be short-sided. You're going to have these incredibly impossible up and downs. Um, it, it's just, it was a place that turns uh, par into bogey or double just extremely, extremely quickly, which is, you know, from a, if, if you're looking for a, a proper test of golf, I mean, that's, that's the way to test people, I think is, you know, it's not a lot of like hit the shot or you're in the water, hit the shot or you're in the hay. It's, it's a lot of like hit this shot here and you might be putting. And if you miss, you know, good luck trying to get up and down. Like I, I played the first, I don't know, the first three, four five holes. Like I, I felt like I was actually like hitting it pretty nice. And all of a sudden I'm looking down, I'm like four five, six over par. I'm just like, God, I don't even have a chance. Uh, and, but it was, it was, you know, I know that sounds like, uh, it wouldn't be a fun time, but it really was like, I, it's, it's a really great challenge. All right. Favorite hole. Someone asked me this when we left and I know this is cheating, but I'm going to, I'll give two different answers. Favorite single hole I think was 13. That par five was just, we were, we were into the wind and it felt like it was 900 yards long, but it was, uh, such a, it was just such a, a battle and it uses like the, the land in such a cool way where you've got this, it's almost like a, um, almost like a great hazard type thing where, you know, you're kind of trying to decide like, all right, am I trying to clear the hazard with my second shot? Or am I trying to lay back behind the hazard with my second shot and like forcing the third shot, except there's no hazard. It's just a a massive ravine. And so it's very like, you know, you can hit a good drive. It's wide open. If you want to, uh, you know, if you want to take on the ravine and try to try to get over it or try to get as close to the hole as you possibly can, it's up to you basically to decide whether you want to lay back to, 160 170 something like that and kind of be on the same level as the flag or if you want to hit it up there 90 100 yards from the pin but you're hitting from the bottom of this gully with your third and you're, you're hitting straight uphill and if you're short it's going to probably roll back to your feet and it's just uh it's just a really really cool challenge uh so that, that was probably my favorite hole at least the one that kind of sticks with me the most you know a couple months after playing it but i think if i was going to give another fake made up award i would give it to the whole stretch of six seven and eight is unbelievable six is uh this long it's it's probably i don't know 450 460 something like that um straight like pretty much straight downhill but again it's got just a wild fairway totally crazy undulated fairway where you're you're never going to have uh an even lie like that's another thing i probably should have said about you know, when you ask what the biggest challenge was, a big part of it is is distance control with your irons and and making sure you're you're missing in the right spots with your irons. You're also doing that from a lot of uneven lies, which is really, really tough. it's It's a place where you're you know you're constantly trying like, all right, I gotta stay right of this flag except the ball's above my feet, and oh God, now I just hooked it left and I'm short-sighted type type of thing. So 
Uh, six was a, a really wild fairway that you don't really know what kind of lie you're going to get uh, hitting into this green where I think I had I had six iron into the green, I remember, and it looks like this massive, massive green. Just looks like there's, you know, couldn't be easier to just hit the center of this green. Uh, but it's one where you get up there and you realize like with all the slopes and with all the runoffs and everything, you, you don't realize how small the green actually is, uh, relatively speaking, like how much, how much, uh, you know, inhabitable space there actually is on, on the green it, It's really small because everything's running off to the sides, almost has kind of like a turtle back feel to it. And things are running into bunkers. Things are running off the front. Things are running off the back. It's just, uh, it's, it's really cool. And then seven is the par three that we mentioned, the boxcar par three. Um, really just an awesome, gorgeous, uh, gorgeous look almost has kind of like a, almost a little bit of like a, I don't know how to describe it. Kind of like a pine Valley type feel almost like very, um, really cool bunkering in the front. And then kind of like this waste area up and up in the left, but just a really pretty, uh, just a really pretty shot. I hooked it. I don't know, 70 yards left. I, I think actually I did lose that ball. That was maybe the only ball I didn't find just an absolutely awful shot. And a lot of that was because Andy's in my ear the whole time, just constantly like, Oh man, you do not want to miss here. You do not want to miss here. You do not want to miss here. And so that's, I, I think, uh, kind of part of the challenge extrapolated out a little bit is, you have those thoughts in your head constantly, just like, oh man, don't miss it here. Don't miss it here. Don't miss it here. And it just puts you on your back foot all day. So when you're asking kind of like, you know, I know that's, that's kind of three or four different answers to like what the, the biggest challenge is of the place, but they all kind of feed together. If that makes sense. Like you're, you're standing there hitting these iron shots and not only do you have an uneven lie, not only do you have a small space on the green to hit it, but you also have all these thoughts in your head of just like, Oh man, if you miss it here, you're totally dead. And that's a tough, like that was a tough cocktail to, to balance, uh, the first time around. So, um, and then the last one, that stretch of, of six, seven, eight, uh, number eight is this short par four. Again, there's like this, this awesome variety of, of holes as well. I know I'm kind of throwing every, every design, uh, cliche at you here, but like, you never, ever, ever feel like you're hitting the, sh the same shot twice in a row. You never feel like you're playing the same hole twice in a row. Like you use every club, you do all those things that, you know, it, it is a, a walk with 18 very different, uh, challenges. You know, it, it's, it's just, it's such a, um, it's just awesome. Just a ton of, a ton of variety. And eight is kind of fits that, that short par four mold that you haven't really played yet, where it's, it's another one of those ones that, that kind of puts you in your back foot. You know, I remember I pulled, I think four iron or two iron or something out and, and just because it seems like one of those holes where it's like, all right, well, I've, you know, I've bogeyed the first seven holes here. Like, what should I, uh, let me try to play a little bit smarter. And then as soon as you start to do that, that was a, a good time where Andy kind of chimed in and was like, you know, if you just hit driver, like you've got plenty of room up there on the left, like you can't see it. Like they do a great job of disguising it. And it looks like you want to lay back, but actually the layup is even harder than if you just go for it. And so there, there's all kinds of just really cool visual stuff. And I mean, God, it's the kind of place I feel like you'd have to play 10 times before you actually got it figured out. So that, that, that was both my favorite hole and my favorite stretch of holes. What's the takeaway of Lasonia Links? Obviously, you're, you're smitten with the place. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me would be I don't know if, I mean, Andy does a good job of, of explaining this too, but like, I don't know if I've ever seen a better value for 
public golf. I mean, it, it, it is the kind of place like if it was a private club on uh, in Chicago or a private club on Long Island or something, I mean, it would be absolutely world renowned. It, it is, it's that good. It is so cool. It had, it checks every single box golf course wise that I think, you know, at least the ones that I've seen, a lot of the, the best courses in the world tend to check. Um, the difference is that they, they make it extremely, you know, affordable for what it is. I mean, to, to play it for less than a hundred bucks is, is an absolute steal. And especially when you're looking at, uh, you know, right, not necessarily right up the road, but a couple hours away, you know, a place like Whistling Straits, a place like Aaron Hills, I mean, are, are going to be a lot more expensive. And I think Aaron Hills is a lot different golf course than, uh, Whistling Straits. I think Aaron Hills has a lot more Lawsonia than it does, uh, Whistling Straits, but it, it's one of those places, man, if you're, uh, if you're in the area, if one of those places has brought you to Wisconsin or Sand Valley as well, you mentioned, like if, if one of those places has brought you to Wisconsin, like go check it out because it, it is so worth it. I, I promise it'll be on the level of any of those other golf courses that you're going to play and, and it will probably be cheaper as well. So if, if you can get there, you should really try to get there. All right. Lawsonia links. Enjoyed, uh, enjoyed talking about it. I mean, it sounds like an awesome, uh, next time we're, we're up in Wisconsin. We knew this going up for Sam Valley. We just didn't have another day. We, we wanted to try to put it on the front end, but schedules never worked out. We've heard everybody raving about it. I'm so happy that you got up and had the opportunity to check it out. And now I'm just kicking myself even more, but I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see uh, when we're up in September and maybe we go check out Lawsonia. Would love to. Need to I have a, a lot of unfinished business to, to go. Uh, I, I played like complete jackass. I need to go play again. I, I, you said you shot a billion. I didn't even want to ask what you shot. I, I literally didn't. It was one of those, like, I don't even know if I added it up. I mean, it was just, it was it was miserable score-wise. Other, Very fun, though. Yeah, other people would say it's not about the score that you shoot. So That's exactly right. That's what, That's what I would say as well. Well, there you have it. Lawsonia links. Deej, I appreciate the time, buddy. Anytime. 